Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Wrestling Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. That's so good. We have a lot of things happening this morning. I hope that's okay. You guys, we um, just got back from Israel, me and some of your crew. Yeah. So I want to welcome up Justine and Chong very quickly. Come on. They came. Come on. Give it up for them. <clears throat> These two, we just had a party for like 10 days, right? It was amazing. And so we want to provoke you to jealousy that you would come next year. And so they're going to share just 60 seconds, the most impactful thing that happened. Uh, just tell them what the Lord did. Um, before that, I just want to say Doran Worship. My back got healed. Yeah. Yes. I couldn't bear <laughs> Thank Amen. you, Jesus. Um, there's so much to share during our trip, but the one thing that I want to share is that um, God was speaking to me while I was there about a fragrance, and I kept smelling a sweet aroma. And I would ask people around me, do you smell that? And they're all like, no, no, no. So um, I went to the Jordan River. I put my foot in the water, and I was just praying. I got up. I walked back to go back to the bus. The next thing you know, a wind came, knocked me to the ground of the most sweetest aroma. I can't even describe, describe it. It's indescribable. It was so amazing oh oh, i can't it just so i was just weeping i couldn't get up off the floor one of the ladies were prophesying over me and then during dinner as i was walking you know just walking around the lord said i heard you those seven months when you had covid and you couldn't taste and smell and i waited for this time for you to smell the most sweetest aroma that you could ever appreciate in israel like and it was my birthday like come on like this was like so amazing i encourage everyone to go and it the financial whatever it all works out just go between the teachings that you get just blessing the refugees um the soldiers it was, I'll never the same. I'm forever changed. Come it was on. so amazing. Come I encourage on. everyone to go. Amen. Yes. <laughs> okay, this is true. Um, we just, you know, had 11 days kingdom party. Oh, so good. I don't want to wake up, but spiritually, I don't want to wake up, but, you know, physically, I need to relax. But, um, the first day we went there, uh, Jerusalem, then the Caleb was praising. We were praying for the Israel and, you know, praising. Then Justin and other two ladies just knocked out of the ground, started laughing uncontrollably, and they couldn't help for 30 minutes. They were crying and laughing. I said, what is this guy? Justin, this is Justin that I know, always, you know, quiet and reserved. I said, what's going on? <laughs> Then, okay, so many things happening. <laughs> then we went to Shiloh. We, we, you know, Brian Simon teach about the glory of, you know, tabernacle. What was that? Ark of the Covenant. Ark of the Covenant was there for stayed for 368 years. Yeah. And uh, Caleb was praising. We all praised and dancing. Afterward, he prayed for me. Then I was pinned to the ground. <laughs> I, was, I was drunk. Oh, wow, what is this? My Christ- 45 Christian life, this is first intoxicated, intoxicated with Jesus, the best thing ever to me. After that, oh my God, after that, I had like a five time, even on the bus. And on the way back from, you know, Israel was a long trip, 11 hours, then we had to change the uh, plane from Boston to Tampa. I said, Lord, I'm too tired now, I didn't sleep. Can I have your intoxication? Sure. <laughs> He covered me with his blanket of love, and I was intoxicated. Take a nap. Oh, it was so refreshing. <laughs> I highly recommend this kingdom trip. Go to, go to kingdom trip. On this planet, you can have a heaven on an earth. Wow. I, I, I. Come on. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Come on. So... Come to Israel and get drunk with us, you know. <laughs> These men are not drunk as you'd suppose, right? Remember the day of Pentecost? Come on. 
No, Chong was pinned to the floor, all right? She could not get up. She's on the ground going, I cannot get up, I cannot get up. <laughs> it was the best. I took a picture. It's in the, the Facebook group. It's so good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So we just went about, you know, oh, hello. <laughs> I went about for 10 days, was it? Yeah, 10 days and worshiping everywhere and celebrating Jesus, blessing uh, the soldiers. We drove to the wilderness and threw a barbecue for the soldiers, like, you know, and got to pray over them and bless them. It was amazing. But not only that, we went into the refugee camps. They mentioned it, but serving the poor of Palestine in the refugee camps and where they used to be radicalized to make bombs and, you know, blow things up. Now they're given instruments and they learn and they put on, it was the first children's orchestra concert ever in Bethlehem's history books. We hosted it we, because we've been giving them instruments for years. And so, come on. They, they now have new weapons, you know, and they're playing guitar. And some of these kids, I've been over 10 times now, so over the course of eight years, you know, seeing when they were this tall and they were just strumming my guitar with their finger and now they're up there ripping it, you know what I mean? On a stage for the, all their friends and families. It was beautiful. So it's a missions trip, okay? And we're, we're sowing into the peace of that region in a way that nobody else does. So it's every February. Just go ahead and start asking the Lord for finances now because we're going to go together. I'm, we're going every year. It's awesome. Thank you, Pastor Eric. I appreciate you. So, yeah, mark your calendar. Pray about it. If the Lord says go, you should go. I've, again, I've been over 10 times, and I've never paid a dime. The Lord has always paid for it. So if you're like, I can't afford it, it me neither. Like, hello. And <laughs> come on. So amen. Anybody feeling like right now you want to go get intoxicated with Jesus in Jerusalem? Come on. Just raise your hand. Come on. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that each one you're sending, you're going to give the finances to and the green light and work is going to work out and everything, family, finances, everything. Lord, we say send them, Lord. Send them now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Oh, not only that, we throw a Valentine's banquet every year for the Muslim widows, about 125 widows, um, and they just, they're weeping as we're playing music, and they're just being touched by God, and they know, they know we're Christians, they know, and they still let us keep coming and, and blessing them. It's amazing, so you want to go. I, I, I got, you want to go. Yeah, thank you both for sharing. I appreciate it, and yeah, um, I do feel like I need to kind of put this in a box for you this morning in some way or another, but I have so many things running through my, my mind and my heart right now. I haven't been here in too long. You know, it's been too long. I haven't even been in this room, this configuration, and I don't know half of you. Your faces, like your half of you are new to me, so I'm, I want to jump into the message in just a minute, but I do want to explain that we are an apostolic family Okay, and we have these essentials that guide us and bind us together. It's our mission, our core value, our vision, and our purpose for gathering, as well as our statement of faith. Okay, so Pastor Eric and Sarah are elders of this congregation, co-campus pastors, but I have the privilege of being their pastor. And as four campuses, we're one family, and we want you to be invited into that one mission, that the lost would be found in Wesley Chapel. Amen? Come on. Yeah, all of them. Like all of them, right? That the found would be free. Say, that's me. Come on. I, I'm on the found get free track. Like I'm getting more free every day. Amen. Amen. I'm more free today than I was yesterday. Hallelujah. That's good. And then for peace to reign in our city. So your freedom isn't just for you. It's for you to release peace in a region. Amen. We're not done until peace is the principality in all of Tampa Bay. All of Tampa Bay. Amen. And we're talking every realm of society, all of it, all right? We are in like, as far as spiritual speaking, hostile takeover mode, okay? So you're invited on that mission. You're, you're, you're encouraged to come along with your own giftedness, with your own uh, way, your own personality. I was talking to my new friend uh, Kathy back there about the Lord using her personality and her gifts and not calling her outside of her, her own personality type, that God gives you you or gives us you so that we can work together, right? There's only one of you, one of me. So you at the resting place are called to be your full self in God. Does that make sense? And in that way about you, we will see the lost found, the found free peace reign. 
And our core values are that we honor everyone, empower everyone, have faith for everyone. That's why we do these videos. That's why you see me on a screen. We want to make sure to continue to put it in front of you. We hope you feel honored today by the Lord and by your, your brothers and sisters. We want you to be empowered today by the worship. I was empowered in the word. I had to sit down. I was like, whoa. You know, it was powerful for me. I was receiving strength. Did anyone else feel strengthened in that worship? So good. And that you would, we would have faith for you, that whatever is in your life that might seem like a hindrance, or whatever feels like uh, an impossibility, we have faith that God is able. Amen? And so we want to invite you into these things. And you can learn more about that on our website. Talk to Pastor Eric and Sarah afterwards. But you're just all so beautiful. And I want to, like, meet every single one of you and shake your hands stuff. But I have to preach a sermon now. So <laughs> hallelujah. I was praying. We got back th- I got back Thursday night after 24.5 hours of air time. That's not travel time. That's in the air. 24 and a half hours hours in the air. They flew me from Tel Aviv to San Francisco to Tampa. I don't know. I flew over the Arctic, went up. It was crazy. Anyway, so I'm a little bit jet lagged. So if I lose myself, whatever, hopefully you find the Lord and me <laughs> lost. But I did, I was praying for you and I was excited to come and I got this verse in my heart out of Ephesians 3 and I believe the Lord wants to invite us into an experiential knowing of God that breaks our capacity to understand. There's a principality in Wesley Chapel that we're really good understanders up here. We get it. There's an academia in this region that says, if I don't understand it here, then I'm not going to trust it. And I want to invite you out of that completely. Because there's a prayer the Apostle Paul prayed that actually says, I hope you have the opposite of that. And I'm going to read it to you in just a minute, okay? So if you're someone who, like, I actually am a pretty academic person. I read a lot. I'm kind of a Bible nerd. I love all the translations. All of them, give them all to me. All right? Um, I want to dig into it. I'm going to take you into the, the helps word study, Strong's Concordance. I'm all about it. I'm not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm saying the door to absolute truth is not the intellect. It's the spirit. Amen. I know some of you don't like what I just said. All right. <laughs> you know, the Bible actually says lean not on your own. And yet we really want to understand everything in the Western church, and especially in Wesley Chapel. Something about, I'm not talking about you people. I'm saying the Lord showed me, and we've been two years now, been doing this. I was on staff at another church uh, here called Grow Life, and I saw it there as well. This same thing, Christina Marie, my dear friend in the back row, she's been, we've been around each other for a long, am I right? Like, if it doesn't fit here between our ears, we're afraid of it. And that is true of a lot of the Western church, but especially something here. And I believe the Lord wants to break that today and, and take us into the deeper waters, take us into the deeper things, places your heart can go, your head can't fit. Okay? All right. I, got, I think I got 80% of you on board now, so we're all right. <laughs> I scared you. Now we're together. All right. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21. We will have it on the screens for you, but I encourage you, you have one of those paper Bibles. You know, you can flip one of those. I just like the sound of pages. You can flip one of those open. It's good. Anyway, I'm using a tablet. You know, Moses had one, so I figure it's legal. Anyway, bad. I know. Whatever. All right. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. Paul says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, say his glory, he may grant to you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Say this with me, strengthened with power through his spirit. Do you see the doorway to strength is not how much you understand? It's the spirit, okay, in your inner man. And it'll bubble up to your head. It'll get there eventually. But we start in the spirit. Amen. Anyone who worships him must worship in academia and truth. No, in understanding. And it, no, what is it? What is it? Oh, that's right. In spirit and in truth. I forgot. John 4, 24. I almost misquoted it for you. I'm sorry. We're strengthened with power through his spirit. Say his spirit. Is everybody okay? This is just my speed. All right. This is slow Caleb right here. This is jet lagged Caleb. Okay, we're just getting to know each other. It's good. Strengthen with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. 
that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul, the king of run-on run sentences, <laughs> says all of that. And then he says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. See, even there it says, even more than we're able to ask or think. We use that verse as like, Lord, blow our minds. But sometimes we don't want him to do anything that challenges our minds or change our minds. We've got a mindset. It's set, and we don't want to change it. And that's a problem. Let me, let me just start this way. Start over. We're starting our sermon over, all right? Say this with me. I don't need to be right. I need to know the truth. Come on now. Because if you need to be right, you will keep yourself from knowing the truth. Because you'll fight for what you believe to be true, even though it might not be completely true. So I don't need to be right. I don't need the credit. I need to know the full truth. Truth is a person. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14. Truth is a person. Truth has a personality. Truth is in a mood this morning. Okay? And I want to tell you, it's a good one. All right? And that intoxication Chong was talking about, that's just a glimpse of his mood. Jesus is the party guy. All right? First miracle, he turned water into wine for drunk people. Fit that into your academic theological training. Okay? What the master of the feast said, you, usually people wait till you've had a couple to bring out the lesser stuff. You've waited till now, when they've had a couple, to bring out the good stuff. You turned water into wine for drunk people, Jesus. Hello? I'm not advocating drunkenness. Do not be drunk on wine, but be filled, be intoxicated like Chong with the Holy Spirit. Intoxication encouraged, okay, by the Spirit. Amen? Some of y'all need another drink until <laughs> you get that resting bliss face. You know, you need that. You need a new RBF, the resting bliss face. <laughs> Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. That's okay. <laughs> the ones who do needed to hear that. <sighs> What's going on up there? I just, I'm in love with Jesus. I don't know. He, he forgave me of all my sins. What do you want? This is the result. I can't help it. Hello? <laughs> I don't need to be right. Come on, one more time. I need to know the truth. Well, it's this verse in Ephesians 3, verse 19, that's going to be our anchor verse. This is about knowing an unknowable love. You're invited to know an unknowable love. That's what that passage says. So when it says, I, he says, I pray that you would comprehend with all the saints. That word comprehend in the Greek is katalambano. Okay? Katalambano. That's how you say it. And it means to aggressively take hold of something or to exactly with decisive initiative out of eager self-interest grasp something in a forceful manner. Did you hear what I just said? I'm reading a, out of Helps Word Studies right now. To comprehend is to take hold with exactness and decisive initiative out of your own self-interest to grasp it in a forceful and firm manner, to apprehend it, to make it your own. He says, I pray that you would catalambano, take hold of, grasp this thing with exactness and decisive self-interest. I need to know this thing, the love of God. It's not the dispensation of God. He doesn't say, I pray that you would catalambano the whatever doctrinal arguments of God. Right? The love of God. <laughs> You hear the difference? So there is a seizing, like the church needs to have a seizing mentality. I'm going to apprehend this thing. What thing? The love of God. So we are to take hold of a love that in Ephesians 3.19, he explains, you'll never be able to take hold of. You'll never be able to fully understand it. And this is where much of the church is frustrated. We abandon the mysteries of God because we're like, I can't put it in a box. I, I, I need three points in a poem. I, I, I just give me the self-help program. Have you noticed that nobody's getting helped? 
with the self-help stuff. It's like you keep, you need the next book, the next one next year. You need the next stuff. You think one of them would work, <laughs> right? Just, oh, well, we're improving ourselves. Well, actually, here's the gospel. You died. So instead of trying to improve the old man, call him what he is, dead. You're dead to me, all right? Pull a Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. You're dead to me, all right? Old man, anybody watch that show? No, just me? Okay, I love that show. Shark Tank, it's a great show. Anyway, Shark Tank, yeah. Anyway, it says that we died with him, we were buried with him, we were raised with him, seated with him in heavenly places at the right hand of God. So instead of trying to improve your old self, call it dead. Because it says, consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God forevermore. Romans 6, 6, we know our old self was crucified with him. Was crucified with him. Now, that's our spirit man. Done, right? And now we're getting a revelation of the holiness of Christ in us. That's the program you're on. It's a revelation program, not a self-help program. Because when you step into and truly try to comprehend the love of God for you, like for you, okay? So don't try to comprehend the love of God for me or for your spouse or for your kids before you try to comprehend it for yourself, right? When you do that, you find an endless well. You find a bottomless ocean that's also a firm foundation, something you can walk upon even though it's impossible. And it, there's no end to it. I love that about God. You know what I love about God? So I cannot fully know him. I know, I'm picking on you now. I'm, I'm finding the buttons. Where's the button? I'm going to push the button. I heard Mark Sharona say this once, pastor out of Orlando, incredible speaker, brilliant mind. He said, the first thing about knowing God is you can't. The first thing you need to know about God is that you can't. You cannot fully know him. It will never happen. It will never happen. The angels for all eternity have been up there going, holy, holy, holy. They're shocked every second of every day. Do you want a God you can fully know? Don't answer too quickly. Because if you know him completely, then you know what you can do? You can create him. That's idolatry. Many in the Western church actually want a God they can fully know because that's a God they can fully control. They can tell it what to say. They can tell it how to look, what to think. I am grateful that I can't know God. Come on. <clears throat> I'm called to comprehend, to lay, take hold of the love of God. But even that is unknowable. There's a depth to it. I will, never, I will never find the bottom. Like, check, got it. I figured out all the love of God for me. I figured it out. Nowhere else, to, nothing else to learn, nothing else to see. How boring. He continually blows my mind. He does. All right. Crazy stuff. In Israel, we had this, I have to tell you, one, a couple testimonies, all right? Crazy stuff happened. We were on the top of Mount Carmel, where Elijah had the showdown with the prophets of Baal. And Brian Simmons is up there, uh, translator of the Passion Translation. And he's talking about how the prophets were taunting Elijah after Elijah said it's going to rain. You know, he saw the cloud of size of a man's hand. You remember this story? And he actually gets down in a birthing position seven times. A man in a birthing position, yeah, just this is super natural stuff. You might call it super weird, but it's actually supernatural. Anyway, get your lenses right. Supernatural. And he's calling this rain forth. And it's, and Brian says with his mouth, they were there. This was crazy. Said, just when the prophet said there would be no rain, it began to rain. And I'm telling you, when he said that, it started raining. We were freaking out. <laughs> we're like, oh. I've got my guitar. We're like, let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. We were. You got to partner with the move of God, man. Like we were going for it. it. I'm telling you the timing. You could not make this stuff up. Like God's like, I'm here. I'm watching. Like that stuff, that messes with you. It messes with you in a good way. And it encourages me. It says, okay, Caleb, there's more. There's more to learn. All right. I've been a Christian since I was eight years old. Like a professional Christian. Okay, like really trying really hard. And I can stand here in front of you and say, I know less now than I've ever known before. The more that I think I know, I find out I know nothing. Because of the amount I can know. Are you with me? Good. 
So Ephesians 3.19, this is the corner verse right here. To know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Does that bother anybody? To know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge? How does that work? What is going on here? Well, we're going to talk through the Greek here. So the first word, to know, and the surpasses knowledge, those knowledge words are different no words, okay? The first one, to know the love of Christ, is gnosko. It's Strong's Concordance 1097, 1097. And it means to know through personal experience or firsthand acquaintance. It's actually uh, the word that Mary uses when she says, how will I have a baby? I have not known a man. I'm not gnosko to man. That's a pretty firsthand experience she's talking about. You know what I mean? All right? How am I going to have a baby? I haven't had an intimate encounter with a man. That's the word gnosko. That's one of the uses. So this knowing the love of Christ is actually an intimate firsthand encounter. I can't know the love of Christ for you. I'm not a medium for you. All right? Pastor Eric and Sarah, their relationship with the love of God will not do it for you. You know, you've ever, have you ever said this stuff? Like, uh, maybe at that other church over there. I just don't feel fed at that church. Said that. Well, that's you looking for their relationship to feed you. What they're sharing, what is shared here, whoever takes up the microphone here is actually sharing out the overflow of their relationship with God. Okay? But it is not the thing that you're invited. It's not the mode you're invited to know him by. We're inspiring you to know more. We are giving you tools to encounter him on your own. You know, there's only one kind of fruit-bearing intimacy. Like in the natural, like for you to have a child, there's only one kind of fruit-bearing, and it is not a public kind. In fact, if you started to do these things in public, hopefully someone would stop you. <laughs> Even in this day and age. Amen? Amen. All right? Husbands and wife, you got a little too much PDA going on. They're like, yo, chill. Whoa, calm down. Right? Come on. Yeah, get a room. And yet, the church is trying to bear fruit and only having public displays of affection on Sunday. It's not the fruit-bearing kind, y'all. There's only one kind of fruit-bearing kind. It's private intimacy, a private display of affection. You can, you can actually, even now, you can stop listening to me and you say, Jesus, I love you, in your own heart. That's a private display of affection. Are you with me? You can carry your secret place with you. Are you with me? You can get in your car today and uh, turn the radio off. Turn the news off. Please, turn it off. Just turn it off. And talk to the Lord about the good news. God, just, you know. And you can have these things. Even in a crowded room. Amen? That's the only way you're going to be fruitful. That's knowing the love of Christ. Intimate encounter. One-on-one, -on -one, you and Jesus. Are you with me? Okay, you can repent at any time. Just blink. So I know and you know. Blink. All right, we're, we've all repented now. Good. We're moving on. Good. Not this, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I've only had public displays of affection. All right, come on. Stop it. Move on. Hello? But I could get even more exacting. I'm checking. Should I? I don't know. Well, maybe. We might come back to it. This word surpasses to know the love of Christ. So that's firsthand encounter. That's intimacy. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Man, much of the church is not acting like the bride of Christ. They're acting like the concubine of Christ. They're looking for a visitation on Sunday. Hopefully the king will see me and visit me. And we'll, we'll have an encounter with the king. That's weird. You're called the bride of Christ. You're called sons and daughters. Like, you don't talk to, you talk to your dad once a week in your house. That's weird. And talking about the fed thing, I don't feel fed at the church. You eat once a week? Of course you don't feel fed. You're hangry. <laughs> Hungry and angry at the same time. Okay, I'll leave you alone. So, intimate knowing. Say intimate. intimate. That surpasses knowledge. That word surpasses is hyperbolo. And it means beyond, above, or to throw past. So it means to throw beyond the mark. Surpassing. To, be, to exceed or excel. So Paul is praying 
that this, this church and our church and every Christian, I believe, would have an intimate encounter with the Lord that goes way beyond something, goes way beyond the boundary, goes way over the fence, like Sandlot, you know, just knocks out of our... And you have to fight the big dog on the other side because it goes over the fence. Yeah, what's it called? Well, the dog? Some, yeah, whatever. I don't remember. Anyway, great movie. Sandlot. Anyway, that it goes way beyond where it's supposed to go. Breaking boundaries type stuff, okay? That surpasses what? The last word, knowledge. And this is Strong's 1108. It's the word gnosis. So we had gnosko, to know the love of Christ. That surpasses gnosis. And that word is different because it means an experiential or functional working knowledge gleaned from firsthand experience. It's connecting theory to application. You can take it this way. Application knowledge gained by direct relationship with gnosko. Okay, so get this. He prayed, I, I hope you have an intimate personal encounter with the love of God that goes way beyond your ability to apply it to anything in your life. Yeah, not many amens. Like, this is the thing. This is hitting right on that principality. He's praying, and I'm praying for you, that you would have an encounter with God you cannot explain. There's a purpose for it. It's actually better. You know, we got all of our bragamonies, I mean testimonies <laughs> in the church about all the times we prayed the right prayer, we said the right thing, we had the word of knowledge, we get it, and all the pieces fit together, and here's how you can do it too. What about the time where you just walk in and people just start popping out of coffins? Like, what about the time when you just start, you're worshiping and you get an idea of somebody and you see yourself talking to them and they see you talking to them? What about like translation, like Philip translated from one place to another. We went to Ashdod where he just showed up one day. This is biblical stuff. What about Peter in a trance on top of Simon the Tanner's house when he saw, you know, the blanket come down and the unclean you know, pigs in a blanket, first pigs in a blanket, right? No? It's great. Campfire food. Yeah. So I can't eat that. It says he was in a trance. A trance. It's the Greek word ecstasis. What if you come in here, worship hits, and you wake up tomorrow in a trance, in this room? <laughs> Eric said they will charge us. I'll pay for it. I'm praying that that happens. That's what this verse is saying. And you're going to wake up going, what do I do with that? I don't know. I don't know. What does Chong do with the intoxication she experienced? What's the application? How do you apply that to your faith, brother? You know, how do we walk this out together? I don't know. Drink again. I don't know. Like, the smell. Like, like what, what is she to do with that? What is she to do with that miraculous smell other than enjoy it? It goes beyond her ability to apply it to anything. They know the love of God that surpasses knowledge in a new way. Are you with me? But if we do not approach with an open heart to say, God, you can do really when we say you can do whatever you want, like we mean it, like we pray, have your way, Lord Jesus. I think God laughs sometimes. <laughs> have your way, Lord. It's like, he don't want me to have my way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have my way. You might not stop. It might be Asbury, Kentucky 2.0. You know what I mean? You might just keep going. Come on. I've been, I mean... There's been so many examples in my head, like even uh, in 2017 at the Garden Tomb, we heard another um, group singing, and the leader said, why don't we join them? So we joined them, and like, we joined in with the South African group, and there's a bunch of other nations. We counted it later. 50 nations were represented in this mob of like 200 people. And we're just singing the same song, singing I Exalt Thee, and they were way out of tempo and off key, so I helped them. I brought my guitar. <laughs> so I come in, I was like, I exalt thee. Come on, buddy. And like the loudest guy I sit next to him stomped my foot. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's better. I'm like, yeah. I have an anointing. <laughs> Even this morning, I'm like, oh, let's change the keys. Let's do this. I, don't know. I just have this thing. I just do. I don't know. I just... Anyway, we start singing the same song. And this little lady turns to me and she puts her hand on my head. And it feels like someone threw a 200-pound blanket on top of me. I fly this way. I've got my guitar on. And 
I, fly, I fall backwards. I land on somebody's foot. Doesn't hurt. I am pinned. I am he- there's a heavy weight on me. Two grown men have to carry my 120-pound self to the bus, and they're struggling. They're, they're heaving and hoeing. They can barely carry me. I have no application for you. I don't know what to do with that. It surpasses knowledge. I don't, what was God doing? I, I, I don't know. Overwhelming me, proving that he's more powerful than me. I don't know. Come on, just getting my attention. But I can tell you I felt more loved than ever. I had an intimate encounter with the love of God. Isn't this better than like, oh, I get it now. I understand it all. I can explain it. We're not called to be... Ex- better explainers. We're called to be better believers. Just believers. Wrap your mind around this. You ready? John 15, 9. Jesus said this. This is the words of Jesus. John 15, 9. He says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. What? Just, just try to academically grapple with the truth of what he said. Is Jesus God? Yes. Jesus is God. Hopefully this church believes that, <laughs> right? It's in our statement of faith. Can't change it. Yep. Jesus is God. Amen? Okay, I just get nervous when I say that, and there's not a heavy amen. Jesus is God, right? And he said, as the fathers love me, so have I love you. So God does not love you any more than he loves Jesus. And God does not love Jesus any more than he loves you. Just stick that in your theological pipe and smoke it, all right? Like, try and deal. <laughs> try and deal. What? As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. This is before they betray him. He knew they were going to betray him. He knew Peter would deny him. Guys, guys, every single one of them left him. We just went to the Garden of Gethsemane. They all scattered. They were about to scatter. And he says, I love you the same way the Father loves me. He knows what they're going to do. He knows what you're going to do. You're like, but I, so what? Try to... Just, I'm inviting you into knowing that love in a way that doesn't fit in your brain. Because it can't. It cannot. There's no earthly example. I can't say, yeah, like Steve over there, you know. No, it, that is otherworldly, amen? Well, but I have this issue. You think he doesn't know? I have this habit. You think you're shocking God? Like, oh, they're doing it again. Gabriel, I can't believe it. Michael, come look. Can you believe it? They're doing it again. Ha. Oh. Did we pay for that? Did we pay for that? Did we, did we pay for that? Oh, thank goodness. I'm glad. We already paid for that 2,000 years ago. Woo. All of your sins were in the future when God died for them. All of them. That's the thought that messes me up. That messes me up. God, you love me the same way you love yourself. Oh. Did you know that God works on his own principles? He would never give you a command that he's not willing to follow. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So God loves every single one of you the way he loves himself. What? Does that break anyone's brain? I hope so. Good. Amen. You're in the perfect place, bro. That's exactly where I'm trying to get you. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 3. Paul is dealing with this argument they're having over food sacrificed to idols. And he takes it to a broader picture. He says, concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. Hello. (laughs) They shouldn't be doing that over there. Okay, you do not yet know as you ought to know. Mm Mm-hmm. I know. That political party shouldn't, yeah, you do not yet know as you ought to know. I'm not saying we don't stand for truth, all right? I'm not saying that there aren't clear lines, amen? I'm saying knowledge, you think you know it all, you would know it all. And nobody likes a know-it-all, you know? Do you know some of these people? Have you seen them in the mirror? You know what I mean? Like, I used to be one of them. And no one wanted to know what I knew when I was a know-it-all. It was amazing. It's this weird situation. <laughs> Strange. Guys, I know everything. Nobody wants to hear you, bro. Like, but I know everything. You need to know what I know. We know, but we don't want to know. 
Have you noticed? But someone who comes in and says, hey, I, I feel like this might be it. I, I, the Lord showed me this. What do you think? Everything done in submission. Ephesians 5, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Before it ever says, wives, submit to your husbands, it says, all of you submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You know what a lack of submission is in the church? It's a lack of reverence for Jesus. You can't submit. You don't think he's holy. Period. Ha, felt good. Okay, so <laughs> let's abandon a knowledge that puffs up. I know it. You know the word disciple means learner? He says, go into all the world and make learners. Not those who have learned everything, but those who are continually learning. Hello? Come on. We talked about the Jesus Lab earlier, and Pastor Eric promoted it. He went to the school. The man has a master's in divinity. Before meeting us, and he went to our little school. His knowledge has not puffed him up, thank God. And he's like, I, I want to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That's why he went. That's an act of humility. That's why you're all invited Tuesday night. Come on. I'll be there. It's going to be a party. All right? We're going to dive into this stuff. I don't want to be that guy. Anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. It's better to be known by God than to know God. <laughs> I want both. Okay, fine. You know something. I know Jesus is God. I know he died. He rose again. I know that he is that once delivered to the saints. Salvation has been once delivered to the saints. I know that. Amen. I'm not questioning the tenets of the faith. I'm saying I don't fully know the love of God. I'm just scratching the surface. Right? It's like that dandelion. He loves me. He loves me again. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. There's no he loves me not. It's like he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. What? 1 John 4, 7 through 12. I want you to see the connection here, that if you think you know something, you don't know his love. That's what it just said. And then listen to John, 1 John 4, 7 through 12. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. There's a lot of unloving Christians out there. <laughs> And this is not knowing God like you understand. This is knowing God that surpasses knowledge. Are you connecting the dots here? Yes? Okay. If it's starting to not connect, if it's like the pieces are not fitting together and you're starting to swim in your mind, that's exactly what I'm hoping for. So you're good. You're like, I don't know if I'm connecting the dots. Good. We're starting to get somewhere. Okay. You're like, what? I don't get that. Okay. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. God is not doctrines and arguments. God is love. And there's a doctrine of love. I get that. But you being able to apply it is not the kind of love we're looking for. We're looking for a love that surpasses knowledge, a knowledge of the love that surpasses your ability to apply it, meaning you can't help yourself. You just love everybody. Why? It's just, it's just flowing out. It's an organic thing. What if patience was a byproduct instead of a striving? What if you woke up tomorrow with a Holy Ghost hangover and it looked like love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Well, you just, what if tomorrow you were more gentle than you've ever been in your life and you didn't do that to you? All you did was say, yeah, I'm ready to know your love in a way I can't explain. This is how it works. This is how it works. Paul, the know-it-all, he wrote the, you know, he didn't write this, but he wrote 1 Corinthians 8, all that stuff. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, right? Come on. He says, even when I do everything I have before, it's dung. He uses the word for, for poop compared to knowing him. <sighs> Come on. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. Hello? Come on. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's a big word. That means he's going to be the sin payment, complete payment for all of it. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. God wants to make his love perfect in you. You're like, I don't believe it. That's the problem. 
that's the only problem. <laughs> gotcha. First Corinthians 13, 1 through 8. You know this passage, but here it says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. Hello. I don't like this song. I wish they would start a little earlier. I wish they would... I wish the church had. I wish I would. Love does not insist on its own way. Come on. It is not irritable or resentful. Man, I'm sorry, but the church is often irritable and resentful. <laughs> I can tell you why. We got only public displays of affection, and we're trying to understand the love of God. Instead of receiving it in a way we'll never understand. I'm trying to flip you upside down, turn you around, shake you a little bit, okay, till you're dizzy enough to hear it. <laughs> it does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Some say love never fails. So our hope should not be to understand the love of God, but instead experience the love of God in a way we cannot completely apply. Does that switch it for anybody? Like change it for you? Okay, good. I think knowing the unknowable love of God is an end in and of itself. Like it's enough for me to experience his love. I don't have to understand his love. I need to experience it. But we should not hope to know God so we can just use what we know, but rather to be those who experience him and invite others to do the same. It's about an outflow of loving others. So the invitation today is to come out of an academic knowing of God and into an experiential one that you cannot completely explain. You're invited. <laughs> I can't fully explain the way that I am, okay? I can't fully explain how... I can't even explain my own fruit. I can't explain it. If you can explain or mathematically de describe your own fruitfulness, it's probably man's fruit, not God's, okay? Like, we've planted four campuses in the first four years of our church. Can't explain that. Certainly not my skill set or my background. Yeah, I'm not that good at stuff, okay? I'm not. You might think, oh, yeah, you got it all together. No, the Lord is doing this, and we're just along for the happy ride going, yay, Jesus, you know? But I hope that you, you'll hear an invitation by the Spirit today that it's not about you being able to put God in a, a box in your mind. It's about him blowing up all your boxes. It's much more fun. In fact, fine, go ahead. Put him in a box. He loves to make the box break. He's like, let me try and get in there. <laughs> Too small again, bro. Sorry, try a bigger one. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't fit in there. So would you stand up? We're going to pray. Yeah. Just play something nice and sweet. So why don't you just close your eyes and abandon your own need to know. You know what I mean? Right now, just even say it to the Lord. Like, Lord, I don't need to know. I don't need to get it. Just have a conversation with Jesus. I don't need to get it. I don't need to understand. I just want to know your love. I just want to know your love in a way that surpasses my ability to explain it to others. I want you to blow my mind with your love. Come on. Let, let that be your prayer this week. Lord, blow my mind with your love. Overwhelm me with your love in a way that I can never recover, in a way I will never recover. Come on. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you've laid out these truths for us. You've, you've, by the power of your Spirit, spoken through your Scriptures and invited us into this unending love. Lord, I thank you that there's not going to be a day where we'll be like, we get it, we got all the love. No, we thank you that there will be more and more and more. And Jesus, I pray right now that our hearts as a people would overflow with your love, that it wouldn't just be for us, that we wouldn't just be those who get free, but those who make peace 
in our families, in our workplaces, all around us, not in a worldly way, but in a godly way, in a loving way, in an attractional way that people are like, I need to know what you've got. And we have an answer. So Jesus, I thank you that you are God, that you came born of a virgin, that you lived a sinless life, that you died a horrible death for us so that we can know the Father and know the love of God. Not only that you died, but you rose again and that you are seated at the right hand of God right now. And you are coming again. We thank you, God, that you will come again. But in the meantime, we're going to experience your love and give it away. We thank you, Lord. If anyone here, just keep your eyes closed. It's fine. But if anyone here is like, yeah, I, I've never personally experienced the love of God through the Son, through Jesus Christ. The invitation today is to know him intimately, to know him for yourself. Not because your parents know him, not because your friends know him, not because your pastors know him, but you, that you would know him, that you'd have an experiential knowing of God. And I don't care who you are in this room. If you are standing there and you're like, I've never had, I've never personally known God for myself and I want to, just raise your hand right now. We're going to pray for you. And it's okay if no one raises their hands, no manipulation, none of that. But we don't want to leave it out. If you're saying, I, I, maybe I prayed a prayer, but you didn't experience God, and you, don't, you have an academic, like God exists somewhere, but I don't know him personally, and you want to, just lift your hand. It's okay. I'll give it a couple of seconds. Amen. So, Lord, I thank you that each one of us who have experienced you are going to go deeper this week, today, that we're going to be invited into the depths of who you are. Take us out of the shallow end. Ha-ha. <laughs> You know what? Go ahead and put your hand on your neighbor if you came with them or if they like you. Put your hand on your neighbor and just say, pull him into the deep end, Lord. Come on. Come on. Pray it. Pray the prayer you want prayed over you. Pull him into the deep end, Lord. Take us into the deeper knowing of your love. No more shallow Christianity. All the way into the deep, Lord. All the way into the deep. All the way into the deep. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for your joy overflowing, for your love overwhelming us we receive it lord in jesus name amen thank you for listening to this podcast from the blessing place wesley chapel we hope you feel honored empowered and full of faith because of what you hear and we would love to see you at our gathering soon for more resources like this head to trpfamily.org